like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today. And I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast created to connect, enhance and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So, wherever you're listening in from today, I want to say welcome. Thanks for joining us. My name's Paul Joy and it is my privilege to welcome you as I sit down episode after episode with a yog, a Yarra old grammarian, and we unpack some of their stories, some of their adventures, some of the tales of years gone by. And today is no exception. I'm going to sit down with Simon Hickenbotham from the class of 1974. I can tell you that Simon was some sort of a larrikin. He was quite the lad back in the day when he was running around in the bushland at times. And from time to time, he'd show up to class as well. Simon is going to share with us some adventures, some inspiration, some aspiration, and some of the life lessons that he learned, uh, both at school, but then indeed some of the choices and uh, decisions that he made since leaving Yarra Valley Grammar. There are some great stories in this episode, and I am thrilled that you've joined us. Enjoy this conversation with Simon Hickenbotham from the class of 1974. And we're going to begin by talking about the school uniform. Welcome, Simon. I do remember the, the one thing that stood out with the school uniform was wearing of the shorts and the cap. There was Everybody Ooh. had to have a school cap. Tell me more about the And had the badge cap. on the front of the cap. And the the you, school badge. It was the school badge, Lavavi yeah. Oculus, the yeah. red, red badge, if I recall. And we had to have a cap on. I think the cap was supposed to be worn up until about Form 4. Right. I might be wrong on that, but we had. I remember having to wear a cap for three or four years until, until I think we had a change of headmaster and he threw all that sort of stuff out. Okay. Um, so not many of our current listeners would remember a cap. No, our current I know, students. No, no, no. But it's it, it was a cap that was part of your academic uniform. It was part of the academic uniform. That's okay. right. Not so, a sports. No, cap. no. We had to wear we we had to have the cap on all day. Right. So we went to class with that cap on. So it wasn't like you'd, you wore it on public transport and you got to school and you took the cap off. We had the cap on all day. All the time. And if we had the cap off, we could get into trouble. <laughs> yes, right. right. So Okay, so you've, you're wearing shorts, you've got a cap. Are you yeah. wearing a tie? Uh, yes, I, yeah, there was a tie because John Pascoe was the original uh, principal at the time and he yeah. was quite conservative in his views. And yeah. uh, so we, we, we had a tie and we had a blazer. Yes. And I think most of the time being in year form one and form two, I, I seem to recall wearing shorts nearly all year. But yeah. we, I think we had an option of long pants as well. But back in those days, Paul, as you may be aware, it was all boys. Yes, that, yes, absolutely. There were no girls. Uh, there were no girls on the horizon. No, no, that's right. That that didn't come till to right. quite some later. Yes, that's right. Um, long socks, short socks. Long socks, long white socks. And with, did you with the wear shorts. yours pulled up? I did, but as I got older, my hair grew a bit longer. <laughs> we can get onto that story later on about long hair because we used to have uh, issues with uh, having long hair and getting off the bus and being told to get go and see the hairdresser, etc. Right. So there was pretty strict rules, uh, especially when we got into the senior years of Yarra Valley. Yes. A certain teacher called Norman Maggs, who's mm. quite notorious back in those days for discipline. I think he would have been the equivalent of a deputy principal at the time. Okay, yeah. Or certainly a position of leadership. Uh, you'd get off the bus and if your hair was below the collar, he would send you back on the bus or you'd, he'd ring the parents and say, you need to leave the school and get a haircut. 
Right. Don't so come the, back until you've had your right. haircut. Don't come back until you have a haircut. Bang. That's right. <laughs> they, they went on for a couple of years, but then the fashions changed. I think Yarra Valley had to bend with us went with the fashions, as you may. Rec- I mean, you're not that old, Paul, obviously, no. but back in the seventies, there was long hair was right in. Sure. And, yes. Uh, yes. Eventually, yes. I think Yarra Valley bent, and there was a change of a principal uh, yes. from John Pascoe to Ken Jago, and he he loosened some of those some of those um, yep. stricter rules. What do you remember about class? Was there Ten in a class, twenty in a class, forty in we, a class. When I started in Form One, there was um, two classes. It was Form One Alpha mm. and Form One Beta. Okay. And uh, I, I think there was about twenty six, twenty eight in each class. So we're yep. roughly about fifty, fifty five, fifty six. Um, is that my maths right? Yes. And uh, actually, my first uh, ever form teacher was a certain person called Warwick Davidson. Uh-huh. And uh, he happens to have a daughter who works here now, so that's how old I am. Right. <laughs> His daughter is Vanessa Frame, ah. and Warwick was my first ever uh, form teacher at Yarra Valley. Oh, he I was see. in charge of uh, one beta. He yes. was. He was, and also my uh, first maths teacher uh-huh. was the guy who they named the uh, the athletic fields over. Alan Crawley, very famous name at Yarra yes, Valley. Yes, it is. He was my first maths teacher in form okay. one as well. So, and he, so Alan, he, the sports fields are named after Alan. That's right. He obviously had a role in. Sport, he did, but of course, being being a teacher, they had to have another major, and his other major, I guess, was maths. Yes. And uh, when he came here in 1969, the first thing we noticed was the Mexico Olympics T-shirt. On. Sure, yeah, because he of course absolutely. competed in the Olympics, and we were in awe of Alan because My of that. Word. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he had a lot of respect from the students right from the word go. Yes, yes. and he is that sort of character. He too. was that sort of character. Yes, yes. yes. Some some people enter the room and they've they've got a presence. He had a presence, no mm. question about that. But I mean, you wouldn't want to get on his bad side because he'd make <laughs> you go on the vaulting horse a few extra times in the gym, <laughs> and if you didn't have the bright build for, and I certainly didn't. Yes. <laughs> He'd pick on you. <laughs> right, right. Academically, do you recall any interest early on? Was it uh, you know was math science where you liked to hang out? Would were you did you do much art? Was drama a thing back then? I the actual the art the original art room is where the. Um is where the cooking room is now. Right. Oh, actually, no, it's it's on the front front part of the cooking room. I think it's uh, year year seven, one of those year seven, yes. seven point one. I think it is. Okay. Where, but they they housed in there. That was the original art room. Yeah, there was only the one art room, and our teacher was Mr. Thompson, and we would we would have art in that room. So okay. I, I do remember that. Yeah, because it. it it basically hasn't changed. It's still the same shell of a room, but yep. hasn't been bulldozed at least like a few of the other places in the school that yeah. have just disappeared. And so um, let's hang with art. Good memories of going to art. I was never any good at art. Okay. No, I was, <laughs> art, art was never my strength. I was not that creative. So uh, no, art was a time for me to uh, to get into trouble in school. I think. Uh, I see. So I, see. Uh, I, I, I had a bit of a reputation of being a bit of a troublemaker Did at school. You? So oh yes, right. yes. The people from my year level will probably vouch for that. Um, if they if they happen to come across his podcast, they'll probably remember Higginbottom as being a bit of a loudmouth and a bit of a stirrer. Right. Uh, right. I, 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 I guess I, for for whatever reason, I was bored with some of the subjects I was doing, and yeah. um, and I kind of treated school as a little bit of a circus. And I'd, I always did my homework. I always did. Yes. I, the teachers were a bit baffled by me because I would come to school and and work out ways of uh, getting under the teacher's skin and getting right. attention from my colleagues and getting a few laughs from a few people. Yeah. And then I go home and do all the homework. Right. And I come to school the next day with all the homework done, and they all couldn't done. they couldn't work it out. And no. I, I got actually got uh, I think the first two or three years I got academic awards for achievement. Right. Yet, and uh, opportunity to confess when you got home, it was you doing the work. Oh yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes, no, it was me doing the work. Yeah. Right, so right. I, you weren't getting help my... from an older brother, or a... no, no, no. I didn't have a great relationship with my older brother, so no, we 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 we, we kept our distance. He, sure, he was at Yarra Valley at the time. He was two years above me, but uh, we yeah. we didn't really have a strong relationship. So. Sure. Uh, 
he, we kept our distance. So no, I, I did all the homework on my own. I just, I just kept an ear to the the, the blackboard for what work was just set. Just enough, would, yes. just enough to get the work done. And mm. I'd come to school, and the circus would start again. <laughs> right, right. Um, wow, that's really interesting. Tell me what happens at lunchtime back in those days. Are you, are you kicking a footy? Are you throwing stones oh, at each other? Yes, are no, you no. playing tiggy? Up until about year ten, we were certainly kicking footballs and yep. playing cricket and uh, using the using the open space. Yarra Valley was brilliant like that because. Yes. Back in those days, I think it was 71 or 72 acres of land we had to mm. play with. And back in those days, the bush was open for was for, it? For, for boys to go and travel down there. Okay. So it, in later years, it became a haven for a few uh, vices down there, if you know what I mean. I the, do. the smokers used to head down there on a regular basis. Gotcha, uh, yes. And I happened to be one of those at the time right, as well. Right. So by, by, by year 10, I think smoking was was quite uh, prolific around Yarra Valley boys and so we'd I head see. off to the bush um, yes. at lunchtime. But p- up prior to then it was mainly kicking a football, yep. playing cricket, just just, p- just staying active, running around. Yep. Now visitors to Yarra today would walk across those fields and, and it's pretty pretty lush. Like yes. it's, they're a very nice oval, yes, great surface, yes, yes. a lot of time and effort and energy. Yes. Back in those days when it rained, yes. was it a – was it a pig bog the, the, or it, it was it? It was known as the North Oval back in those days. It, it now it's called the Patterson and yeah. it was an absolute bog. Yeah. It was uh, the, They put Mary Creek soil down uh-huh. and Mary Creek soil is, is notorious for being a bog heap. Yep. And a number of times they tried to uh, lay sand. I, I, I do recall, and this is probably overlapping when I was teaching here as well, mm. that they dug, the, dug, dug the, uh, the oval up and put the Aggie pipes down. Yeah. Then put clay down on top of the aggie pipes, and then put sand on top of the clay, and wondered why it still stayed a bog. So, I don't know who the horticultural yeah, expert was, say, was at the time, but he clearly, was lacking, he clearly was lacking because that was a common story around Yarra Valley. They right. they put clay on top of the pipes rather than yeah. sand, and hence they didn't improve it didn't work. the situation. No, of course, though. it didn't. No, Yarra Valley was a quagmire in winter. You'd, you'd invite opposition teams to the school and it was yep. a little bit like Moorabbin if you're some mm, I do, I remember, yeah. The, the, the Moorabbin bog heap was very similar to what Yarra Valley had out there on the North Oval. So, yes, uh, yes we, uh, <laughs> it was quite embarrassing inviting some of the teams to... So you've mentioned inviting other teams in. That's because of Saturday sport. That was yeah, a AG, thing? A, AGS came in, I think, roughly uh, roughly in about Form 2 or Form 3. Alan Crawley introduced... The, Alan Crawley uh-huh. uh, lobbied to get AG, to get Yarra Valley a member of the AGS team, yeah. the AGS uh, Association, right. and was successful. And I think that came in around around about um, Form 2 or Form 3, so roughly about 1971, 72 mm. uh, AGS, and we then had a full fixture of, of sport winter and summer against the other, I think there was a, eight schools at the time. Sure. And AGS. what sorts of sports was available? Like what, what were the um, options? Football, cricket, tennis, basketball was, was starting to develop, but it wasn't yeah. a huge sport like it is now. Yeah. Um, volleyball wasn't available. Hockey was another winter sport. Um, yeah. They were pretty much it. They were yeah, pretty conventional, can... standard boys, yep. boys type sports. Although one which, which was unconventional, it was introduced by a teacher who who came from New South Wales and loved rugby. Was uh, Norman Mags introduced rugby into the school right. because he loved rugby. I'm yes. pretty sure he came from New South Wales, Norm, and he always had that affinity with rugby, and so he introduced that into the uh, yep. into the sporting calendar, and that was quite popular. And so did that become popular at lunch times for the boys to uh, you know level a score against one another in a in a Friendly game. Oh uh, yeah, I rugby? guess so. Kick to kick was the major thing at yeah, lunchtime. Okay. You'd come home, come come off with with uh, grass stains on your shirt, or yeah, a couple shirt of or buttons something like missing, that. and a couple of buttons missing, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. It sounds like my fun. school days too, to be Good honest. Fun, yeah. um, thinking Saturday sport was there a, 
a, a memorable moment? Like, did you have the ball and the siren went and you kicked a goal at the end of the day? Or? Oh, look, I, I, I don't think so, Paul. I mean, I, I, I was a member of the – I managed to break into the first 18 eventually, and I think in year 12. Yep. And I was a member of the first 11 cricket side in year 11 and year 12. I was actually vice-captain in year 12 of okay. the, the first 11 cricket side. But we – we tended to be the kicking boys of the competition. We, right. we, we had a couple of regional wins because I think it was Camberwell at the time and Ivanhoe weren't that strong, mm -hmm. but we had some horrific beatings. <laughs> uh, one, one, one I can remember against uh, Assumption out here on the North Oval and uh, a certain chap named Peter McCormack who ended up playing over 200 games for Collingwood, yeah. ironically as their fullback kicked 24 goals against us on the North Oval from centre-half <laughs> forward. And we spent the whole day just watching the ball going over our heads in the back line. Absolutely. Just sailing over. They didn't need a full four because he, he would kick that ball 50, 60 metres. Wow. And he was wow. only 17. And yeah. your whole team wouldn't have kicked 24 goals. Oh, no, no. We, I, th I think we managed to get about three points or something and they right. kicked about 40 goals. It was very right. humiliating. But that, that, we, we, we took buildings like that on a regular basis. Yeah. So That's so nice. if on the fixture, if you're at uh, another school, let's say you're at Assumption, you got the big long trip from Assumption out to Yarra, Yep. You go, we're in for a good day, though. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. Yes, that's right. Yeah, right. No, we, we, we had another one where I think against uh, Ivanhoe against, um, in the cricket, and I think I, think I might have been year 12 because um, it was we, we had this bowler called Colin Corstorfen who ended up representing Victoria, and uh, okay. I don't know whether you know the Ivanhoe grammar oval. It's quite small. Yes, yes, I do. And they had a sight screen, a pretty advanced yep. sc uh, school yeah. at that time. And he teed off from the sight screen. That's how fast he was. <laughs> and his run up was from the almost from the front of the sight screen. And he was you could, couldn't even see the ball. He was lightning wow. fast. And he he was he was getting us out so quickly that <laughs> Chris Pascoe came into bat and couldn't get his pads on in time. Got in there and they appealed against him because because he took over two minutes to get ready to get oh. out to get out of the crease. And that's an old fashioned rule. Yes. And they, on, they, were, they, they were that competitive <laughs> that they appealed him, and the umpire had to give him out. So uh, oh, that, that was that's a, rotten, that was one it? of those very unfortunate stories about Yarra Valley back in my days of mm. sport. Yes. Now, school schools can have quite an influence on our character mm. and the people you knock around with, and, yeah. the, and the people. And, and I imagine somewhere along the line, your parents have have chosen Yarra mm -hmm. for you as a young lad, and, and by the sounds of it, your brother as well. What would what are your reflections on the type of characters that you? By the sounds of it, you're a bit of a bit of a, a mischievous mm -hmm. uh, sort of a, a fella, and you 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 developed your creativity in different ways. You could get in trouble, or yes. maybe try and avoid yes, that, it, or or be the cool. class clown, or, mm -hmm. or or whatever. What was the the kind of a community like? Was there a good community feel? Was were were lots of people getting in trouble? Was it a, a, an upstanding place to go? What? Look, it it was uh, it was. A number of us were, were what you call leaders who, who led the charge as far as the stirring in the class, and we had a whole yeah. lot of sheep who would follow us. Okay, that was pretty much the standard procedure for Yarra Valley. There, there was a, there was a minority of kids who were working hard yep. and were quite bright, but the mm. majority were there at the time, especially in the early years, to have a bit of fun. But again, it was it depended on the respect that you had for the teacher. There were certain sure. teachers that we didn't muck around for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are others who just didn't have that control, and uh, yes. we, we would take advantage of that. But uh, I mean, look, we 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 uh, there were a number of kids who came in year seven who came from the junior school uh -huh. and then there was the majority of probably roughly about probably 65 and 35 percent was the split 65 came from the local government schools mm. primary schools and 35 came up from the junior school and there was a little bit of a 
little bit of an assimilation went on there between the ones from the Yarra Valley Junior School and yeah. the ones from the outside because a little bit of inbuilt snobbery back in those days. Yes. I, I, think, I think that probably still goes on yeah. here and there, but uh, eventually we all settled in because there was only two year, four one classes, so you, sure, had to, yeah. you had to make. You got to work it out. Don't you got to work it out. That's yeah. right. We we did. We we did. But no, look, we I've still got uh, I've still got lifelong friends from those days at school. I that's still great. see about three or four yeah. of those guys that that's I terrific. worked around with. So, um, Eventually, you get to Form Five. You you graduate and you HSC. Yes, HSC. HSC. Yes, you yes. get a score back yeah. in the day. Even yeah. then, yeah. you went on to do what? I originally uh, enrolled in an economics law course at uh, Monash University. Mm. Um, so, is, are we talking Clayton? Uh, yes, the old. Well, they didn't have any other campuses back right, in those days. Okay. They, they didn't even have Caulfield. I don't think back then. Mm. I think Clayton was the Monash campus, and it was either if you did law, you either did Melbourne or Monash. You didn't yep. have a choice. So, yep. uh, and back in those days, I, I it was drilled into me by my father in particular is you got to you got to take advantage of all your marks. So I got high enough marks to get into law. So it Great. was to that's m- what you do. He mm. he drummed into me. You got to make sure you use your marks. So go and do law. Now mm. I had no other reason to do law apart from that, which was all the wrong reasons to do law, of course. Sure. Sure. But I enrolled in economics law at because uh, I was I, I did okay at economics at year twelve and I I was okay at accounting and uh, so I enrolled in that course but I took a year off um, I was pretty burnt out at year twelve I'd, I'd put a lot of time into year twelve and year eleven as far as all the hours at home and I just felt yes. a bit tired and I was very young I was only um, I only turned seventeen at the end of year twelve in October. Oh, right. So you you wouldn't find a student that young these days. No, uh, no, you that, wouldn't. That, that that goes back to a, a prehistoric time when they skipped kids <laughs> in primary school. And oh, I, so you accelerated. I, 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 I a was class. accelerated through grade oh. three at uh, for whatever reason. Right. They just decided I was bored with all the work, and mm. I was I was head of the Cuisinaire club. And I even know what I mean. I was good yeah, at Cuisinaire and good at mathematics, so they skipped me th- yeah. from straight from uh, grade three to grade four. So I was always behind the eight ball as far as age is concerned. So I right. thought look, I'd. I, I really need to take a year off, and sure. uh, if I'm going to Monash, I'm probably going to need a car to drive, drive get there because public transport's a bit problematic. So yep. um, I took a year off and had a job in the bank um, hmm. at National Bank at Croydon. I worked there for the best part of twelve. So months. numbers and money that all made sense to you. Well, did, so you, yeah. Look, I enjoyed that job. I enjoyed that job. But again, yeah. the major reason behind that job was to get enough money for to my first earn car. Money, yeah, yes. I had to earn money and put aside money for my first car, which I bought at the end of that year. And then I then I started my career at Monash and. Hmm. Uh, that would have been 1976. Uh-huh. Did a year and a half of Monash and realised I wasn't going to be a lawyer. I just didn't like it. Yeah. I just uh, I was a little bit cynical back in those days because I didn't have any family contacts in the legal field, and I thought, how am I going to get a job when I graduate? Yeah, I need, B- I need because contacts. the 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 time, the era was. It's about connections. I think so. Yes, yeah. so you, you needed strong connections. You needed. Perhaps I was possibly wrong there, but I mean, you, it would have helped if you had a family member who was a lawyer somewhere who could get you into your articles. Because if you don't do your articles, yes. you can't get a job. So yep. after I think it was about April, I decided I was going to leave. As much uh, my fa- as much to my father's disgust, mm. I was going to leave uh, mm. the economics law course. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to do, so uh, I, I got a couple of mates together and uh, talked them. They were, they were a bit of a loose end, the two of them, and, and I talked them into having a, a road trip to Perth. Uh, in my HG Holden station wagon. Okay, right. And around about May, we we uh, we had the car up on us on our on a um, in a service uh, bay, and we were servicing the car, getting it ready to go. We we put the mattress in the back of the curtain, so we'd sleep in the back of the car. Yep. 
Never crossed the Nullarbor before, so I didn't know what we were. What we had, had no idea what for. you were. Right. But, but our aim was we were going to go over to Western Australia and make a fortune in the mines. Of course, great, very naive. Good plan. Good plan. <laughs> but at any rate, we packed the car up and off we set. Um, and that was going to be my year off or half a year off, and I needed to think about where I was heading from there. But yeah, uh, sure. We ended up in Perth, and one 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 of the guys had already had some experience in a mine, so he got a job, and the other two, mm. myself and the other mate, we were left in Perth with the one car and uh, struggling for work because. There was a lot of unemployment in 1977. Yes. And also on top of that, Western Australians hated Victorians coming over and taking their jobs. Right. So, uh, so you're not welcome, really? Not welcome at all. Okay. Um, and we, we, I remember pulling the car apart at one stage. We were that broke to try to find 10 cents to buy a... Um, a Big M milk because Big M had just come in and that was all the crate. All the, we we all wanted the go, a Big yeah. M for breakfast, Warwick and I, this mate of mine, and uh, <laughs> we, we had to pull the back seat apart to find 20 cents to buy this Big yeah, M and that's how broke we were. But goodness. we didn't, we, we weren't on unemployment benefits. We, we didn't apply for no. that. So we were, we struggled for a while, but mm. uh, I eventually got work over there, a couple of jobs, um, cleaning a restaurant and also Not working in a Not a big question, but what's your favourite flavour Big M? Back in the day. Oh, strawberry was always the go-to. Got to go strawberry. Got to go strawberry, Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. And strawberry was a regular basis. That's if we had the 20 cents. But we, we ended up getting thrown out of the caravan park because we couldn't afford the rent. Sure. So I slept yeah. in the car for the best part of six weeks. So it was a bit of an adventure. But, yes. I mean, you can do those sort of things when you're young. Did it did – it... Answer the question. You know, you were you were you were searching yes. for some focus, direction, yes, it, guidance. It did. It did. Mm. I came back and decided I wanted to be a teacher. Okay, right, um, right. I decided I'd take a, a, a big change in my career yeah. aspirations. So I thought, look, as much as I, I was a bit of a naughty boy at school, I just enjoyed that interaction with with teachers and and so yeah. on, especially the ones that I related to. And I thought, mm. look, I think I can do this. Okay. And um, so you so, come so and you go to teachers' college. I enrolled in uh, Ruston State College, which yeah. was known at the time, and yeah. it no longer exists. No, of course, it's no. all been bulldozed. But mm. it was opposite Monash Clayton, mm-hmm. um, and they gave me a year credit for my because okay. I did pass my first year yep. of economics law and actually passed my uh, half year exams in second year before I took off to Perth. But uh, yeah. so I started a bachelor of education at um, right. Ruston State College, and it's probably three year course. It was four-year course. Was it? Four-year course. It was okay. a degree, degree course, and yeah. you had majors and so on. And uh, it was a great course. I loved it. I mean, yeah. we, we got a we got a trip to. Well, I did uh, employee relations, and we got a trip to Bar- Broken Hill out of that uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. to start to look at the mines and BHP, which were, who was stationed yes. up at Broken Hill. Was, and your secondary school teaching is is the course, or yeah, is second, it you, no, definitely secondary, and yeah. with a focus on accounting, economics, legal yeah. studies, which all, were the, your all the business, all the business management. Yeah, subjects, okay, yeah. that yeah. makes so sense. So I, I actually flew through that course. I found yeah. that's quite straightforward. It's, yep. uh, you know, it was, well, I mean, it was, you, you still had to get the work done, but I, sure. I enjoyed my teaching rounds and I realised I probably made the right decision to, uh, to get into teaching. When you're at Yarra, you're a scallywag. When you get to university, are you more focused on? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, no, so I, things I, have changed. I, I, I changed, changed my attitude. I, okay. I was very much. Uh, I was always had this fear of failure, so I overdid the work a bit. Mm. Um, I, I was always taking notes, and uh, yeah. I couldn't get over the fact that you'd go into an economics lecture and you'd, you'd come out with eight or nine pages of notes handwritten. Wow. They were just, just that's how I learned to write like a doctor. It, uh, a lot of people criticise my writing, <laughs> and I say we can't, we can't understand. And I always, I always date back to my days at Monash University. Trying to keep, keep up keep with the up. lectures, and they would wow. be going like hammer and tongs, and I'd be writing hammer and tongs. And in the end, I've got this scrawl that's like a doctor's You're writing, like and people, a doctor. can't, people can't read it. <laughs> so I print in the, on, on the whiteboards. If you ever see my classes on a whiteboard, yeah. I print because okay. I know they can't read my my. It, my 
Like yeah, you're writing. joining writing or you're yeah, joining writing. writing's shocking. It's terrible. Right. And you acknowledge that? I acknowledge. But obviously, it you can read it. Oh, my wife's always always telling me about my writing. Yes, right. it's, it's part right. of, part of my interesting. <laughs> my okay, so you are a teacher. Yes. So you you become a teacher. You graduate. I, you I, I a... didn't become a teacher straight away. No, I, okay. I, I graduated in 1980. 1980. Yeah, end of 1980. And the education department at the time said, "Don't call us. We'll call you." They didn't have any jobs oh. for anybody. Uh, and I got really good marks at Ruston, so it wasn't as I was down the bottom yes. of the tree. I, I, got, I got very strong marks, high distinctions and so on across the board, but that didn't bother them at all. They had no jobs for me huh. or for anybody in teaching. So, mm. uh, And I think studentships had already finished by then, so there, was, yeah. there were no more studentships where you got seconded to a, a country school for yeah, three so years. Yeah, so even, even to go to the country, they, That's they right. didn't need no, you. No. So I had to have an alternative, so I went and sat the public service exam and uh, passed mm. that. Right. Ended up in, uh, I, was, I think it was called Telecom at the time. Yep, yep. The government public service, for yes. the federal government public service, and worked there for four months. Right. Kept looking for jobs, kept applying for teaching jobs, and uh, and one cropped up at the start of back in those days was three term years, mm. and one cropped up at a, a, a highly reputable school called Camberwell Girls Grammar, mm-hmm. and they needed an accounting teacher, a business management teacher, and I applied for it, and, and I'm, I'm guessing probably because it was the start of term two, there was less competition. Yeah, probably putting myself down there a bit, but having said that, I I, I don't think I was competing against such a, a wide range sure. of, uh, of of applicants. But and uh, you got they, the job. I got the job. Mm. I got the job. Yeah. And, and how um, did you go coming from an all boys school as a student here at Yarra Valley Grammar, mm. and then you've you know you've kind of learned a bit about yourself. You've yep. gotten to know yourself. You've done some university yep. you've you've worked a little bit now you're in an all girls school that's quite a contrast it was a culture shock yes it is yes. a bit of a con- it was was a culture shock a good uh, total description contrast, yes well there was only two ma- three males on the staff yeah that that's I right was one of them and yes. i was only 23 and you're young i was 23 mm. and i was teaching 18 year olds because mm-hmm. of course being accounting i had to take the senior classes that's right yeah um, so your your first gig in a real classroom and you're teaching the senior classes. That's of, right. That's right. Goodness yes, me, there's some responsibility well, I, I there. I walked into term two and I had to take away, take over the year 12 accounting class. Yeah, right. And they were in a disarray as far as what they'd been taught. Yes. I mean, the, the previous teacher, that, that wasn't her strength. She, some she, reason. Was, mm. she was into alternative business management courses mm. and she wasn't into the mainstream academic year 12. Mm. And I, I, I assessed very, very quickly that these kids were really way behind the eight ball. Yeah. And being in a private school, you're going to be assessed on your pass rates, as you probably mm. no doubt know, mm. at Yarra Valley. It's, it's very, it's a high level of it's a high KPI yep and uh, so I ran weekend classes and ran after school classes and, and the and students were open to that they, they very much so they responded okay. they realized I, I spelled it out to them after a while and uh, they, they, they were very responsive Great. terrific the the work ethic of Campbell girls Grammar at the time was outstanding mm. couldn't fault it I mean they, they were there to work and they yeah. uh, they absorbed everything I hit hit them with and yeah. um, we managed to get them all through the uh, year to the, the first HSC counting of counting exam that year yep. and uh, Accounting grew from there. It, mm. it, I think I started with about 14 students, and when I finished there, there were two classes of 25. Wow. So You're a pretty good there, teacher. There was, there was a bit of attraction into Terrific. the accounting yeah. area for whatever reason. Well, yeah, for good reason by the sounds of it. That's excellent. <laughs> but it was, yeah, I was you there for four years. You don't stay at, okay, so four years at I was Campbell there, Girls. The, 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 one of the reasons I left Campbell Girls is that uh, all they had me teaching was accounting because that's all they offered the girls. They didn't. They had this alternative business management course, which was still running, which was shorthand and typing. wasn't really no. an interest of mine. But they ran that for the the kids who weren't academically inclined. Yes. So I was forced to take that. Plus, they were giving me year seven English, and I wasn't. That wasn't my strength either. So I, 
I decided that they, the girls needed another option. They should they should have economics as an as an introdu- introduced business type course. To, mm. So they have a proper business uh, suite of subjects at least. Mm. And I spent two years lobbying members of the council to bring economics in, talking to them at functions and things like yes, that. Yes. Eventually, we were successful, and they succumbed, and they brought economics in. They didn't give it to me. Oh. They gave it to the legal studies teacher, happened to be a female, and I. I I got pretty browned off of that. Yes. I thought, you know, this this is me. I'm going to be the economics and accounting teacher yeah. at Campbell Girls Grammar. Yeah, set yourself up. That's a good so gig. So, no, they gave me the two accounting classes, year 12, the two accounting classes, year 11. It was too much of a muchness mm. for me. And um, mm. at the same time, a certain Les Christie was um, contacting me, hearing that I was okay. a little bit restless at um, huh. Campbell Girls. And being he was here when I was a student, obviously. Um, he said, look, he said, we want to come over and have a chat. Because mm. Yarra Valley was very much a growing school and mm. uh, had a full suite of business management subjects, accounting, legal studies and so on, and they needed another teacher and yep. um, we got talking. Terrific. So, so you end up back here at Yarra? I end up back here. I was out for 10 years as a student, so it's not like I kind of, you know, was it was the nurturing I'd been as a student and went straight back into the no. into the womb, so to speak. I'd had 10 years yeah, out. Yeah, you've, you've done, done other things. Other, and yes. Other things and arrived here in 1985. Uh-huh. And my, you're, you're a, a accounting, economics... I was given accounting and economics. I, yes. I remember doing year 12 accounting and economics and so every second year I'd have, say, legal studies as well and some yes. years I took business management. So I'm mainly, mainly year 12, mainly taking year yes. 12 and year 11 classes right. under under uh, a very well-known uh, um, head of business studies, Jeff Happen. Uh-huh. By then, the school's grown significantly. Yes, yes. Uh, the ovals are probably a little bit better. There's yes. more buildings around. Yes. There's probably yes. a good canteen by then. Yes. Coming back as a teacher, what does that feel like was it uh, look there were moments of awkwardness because a few of the teachers that were I probably, still there I probably, oh I probably, yes I probably You're gave hell bag. to they looked at me and said you've got to be joking <laughs> yeah. what's Higginbottom back here as a teacher for because <laughs> I could read it in their eyes but, sure but eventually I had to I won over their respect because I guess my work ethic was pretty high that's and, right uh, yeah. you've you know, turned they, the corner they've seen you know, that he has grown up he can't be as bad as what he was as sure a student so we'll we'll accept him out mm, right. so I, yeah I, I did have quite a few I mean Jeff Haven was the head of the department, but he was my accounting teacher. Yes. And I, he was still here. And Bill Borton was my economics teacher, and okay. he was still working as an economics teacher when I arrived here in legal studies. So right. There right. was a lot of uh, common ground there yes. as far as teaching yes. teachers who were here. And how do you go walking into a staff room, and back in the day, would you address your teacher as Mr... Or sir, Look, or originally it was Mister, but you know they they very quickly corrected me. You know, they, yeah. You know, so now you're a Christian. colleague. You're I'm a, a colleague. You call me by my Christian name. Okay, that's fine. Yes, so, yes. but originally there you you would defer to the. Yeah, it the, felt natural, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. It did. It did. But I, you know, certainly the colleagues I work with, it was always always Christian names, Jeff and yes. Bill, and um, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's that's the way we operate. Yeah, right, mm. right. Good work. Um, and what about now? Because we're actually sitting side by side, face to face. And I'm back here. Yes. We're we're at Yarravetli Grammar right now. Yes. So you're you're back. Yes, that's fantastic. Yes, and <laughs> my third was third stint. Yes, third and, stint. and it's different again. It's very different. I mean, yes. I, I, I I must admit a, a certain amount of sadness when I got back here and noticed, of course, where my office was. Mm. Is just open space no now, as in, as in I think it's part of the garden of the mm-hmm. quadrangle out there. It's beautiful uh, space. It is beautiful space, but it was a nice little geography slash business oh, studies I know area. Where you were. Yeah, it okay. was a four prong classrooms. It was G one and G two and B one yeah. and B two, and there yeah. was an office in the middle. Yes, office on one side was was the business studies, and office on the other side was geography. I and see. That's where we housed ourselves for the 
the 10 years I was teaching here and it just yes. got bulldozed. Yes. It went. <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit yeah. sad, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, time goes on and so yeah, many. So many the, 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 the building progress at Yarra Valley is phenomenal. Like mm. you've, got, you've got to say that. I mean, every, every second year there's another building going mm. up. Mm. It, it wasn't nearly that quick when I was here as a student. Yes. So yeah. clearly they're managing their money well here now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and continue to attract people. people that's wanna, right, exactly. People yes, want to be yeah, here. Exactly. I mean, um, the, the, last, the last peg that to, to come up was the fine arts, the arts building. Invariably, mm. the arts department attends to be the, the last cab off the rank. I, I know that from being a business manager myself in another school, <laughs> that it's the last cab off the rank to get the money spent on them. But uh, it's the weight was worth it as far as the fine arts department. For it's, sure. it's a magnificent building. It is. It's stunning. It's yes. absolutely yes. stunning. Yes, and and really then, I guess, you go back to the start and you, you then you currently a junior primary building that's that's then the one that's coming out of the ground at the moment yes and, yeah uh, well the, the, i think the only original building paul that still stands is the humanities block which is the l block l yes. l1 that's so the languages building at the yeah, moment that's the, yes. yeah that's the languages building yep. but that was still that was here when i was here that was okay. where most of our classes were held as I, when i was here as a student right i think they were called h1234 and right up the end in the year 8 locker area yep. was was where they held the whole class, the whole school assembly Okay. I fitted them all into that double area there. That's how small the school was when I was first That's here. That's fascinating. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. So what? What's let's let's go there. What sorts of things would happen in assembly, like a whole school assembly? Are you? Is it awards and certificates? Are you? Is there a national? Yeah, anthem? look, there, there, there was a period there where awards weren't big. I think under okay. Ken Jago, he he tended he, the house system fell apart for about two or three years. Right. Yeah, Valley didn't didn't. The idea of having competitive sport and competitive, competing internally was thrown out the door, basically. It was okay. a bit of a laissez-faire situation. Mm. But it mirrored a lot of society back in the middle 70s or early middle 70s. Right. And so the house system went. So assemblies, uh, I don't know if there were, there were that many awards being handed out. So assemblies was just an excuse to make announcements, I suppose, and to yep. get the school together. Yes. Uh, apart from that, I don't remember them being anything memorable, okay. assemblies. Yeah. Um, when Did I you came sing? Back, um, yes, yeah, yeah. There was certainly a bit of singing and a bit of music, but because yeah. um, we eventually held the assemblies in the gym, when the gym is now where the foundation hall yep, is, foundation hall. That yep. was the original gym, mm. and so they they when the school got a little bit bigger, they had to house them on the floor. People, yep. Students would come Sitting and sit on the, on the floor, floor, yes, and we would have our full. Because um, back back when I was a student, the George would uh, yeah, wasn't, yeah, wasn't no, here. That's right. That I think was built when I was here teaching in ninety two or ninety one or something. Yes. It was opened up. Yeah. So that made that's made a huge difference to the school as far as a, a place of uh, yeah. you know a meeting point and a central central area. To so you've got a, a lot of experience of over different generations, oh, yes, really. Yes, yes. Seen, uh, of Yarrow, seen, you've seen, seen a lot seen of change, enormous amount of change. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yeah. and I, I I I come across students, which again dates me. I come across students in class at the moment. Who I taught their parents. Yes, <laughs> and that's a little bit depressing in some ways, but enlightening in others. <laughs> I love that. I think that's great. I, uh, that's I, great. I, I won't name the families, but there are a couple who, sure. uh, you know, some of them are fascinated by the fact I taught their dad. They think they're oh, of course. They, they think that's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty special at times. Yes, yes. Um, now, some students uh, listen to this, and and you know, every now and then there's a yog who's who's got a a, a son or a daughter here, and and they yes, listen, yes, and they go, yes, oh, yeah. Yeah. Will your students be concerned to hear that or surprised to hear that you were a bit of a rat bag back in the day? Um, or did I think, you teach I think, them a few of the uh, I tricks think, that you I got think up to? my students, when I was teaching here, I think they got wind of the fact that I, I was a little <laughs> bit of a stirrer. I had a little bit of a personality that sort of, you know, made, made that reasonably obvious at the time. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, look, I... 
I, I didn't hide that, but uh-huh. uh, you know, again, I did. I didn't. I didn't uh, go out and advertise it. No, either. sure, sure. But no, it's it, uh, yeah. I, I, I would think current students that I come across as a CRT who don't know me that well, no, they, they, no. They, they, they wouldn't be able to relate to it. But certainly, yes. when I was here as a teacher, there'd be there'd be some who'd be saying, "Oh yeah, I do remember him being like you know." Yes. that's that's part of his be- because your 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 role now is is different again, isn't yes. it? You know, yes. it's a it's a, a diff. You know, you wear a different hat, really. Oh, that's right. Uh, and that's your right. role that's to right. those students yeah. is different. Yeah, and, but, uh, uh, no, look, we there there were a lot of us who who had personalities mm. like that who were all trying to get attention from each other. And uh, okay, there yeah. was one who was uh, who happened to be the headmaster's son, who was probably one of the worst of the lot. <laughs> Lovely guy, a really nice bloke, but he he was one of the worst of the lot. And okay. yet his dad was the headmaster so right. uh, I'm not going to name him but you better not put his better name not. out but I think anybody who's listening yeah, to this podcast know. will work out who that <laughs> yes. is very quickly <laughs> we're talking with Simon Higginbotham from the class of 1974 Simon we're going to move now into what I like to call the lightning round mm-hmm. short sharp questions yep. it might be a short one sentence answer mm-hmm. um, it might uh, in endeavour to jog your memory of some things and uh, and some of them will be top of mind others will you know make it up if you have to Simon Hickenbotham from the class of 1974, what house were you in when you were here at Yarra? I was in Beta House. I think it was called Beta or was it, um, no, called Darling, Hempel, Carter. Carter it was. Interesting. Carter Carter doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. It was named after somebody who was one of the founding directors, I think, on the board. Yes. I can't remember his Christian name, but it was... was was it Carter when I was here as a student, or was that when I was a teacher? And I was—I think it was when I was a student. Because do you remember the colour? They had it was blue. They uh-huh. had Darling was red, Hempel was yellow, um, yep. Darling, and I can't remember the other colour. No, okay. But there was four four houses when I was here as a student. I think okay. I was definitely in Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And what do you recall? What was your contribution to house? Were you? Because it was sport, did you do debating? Then was there? I, look, I was I was in debating for about the first two or three years. I was quite good at debating, so yep. I used to used to put my hand up for debating. Yeah, uh, always playing the sport sports teams for the yeah. house. But yeah. uh, there wasn't a lot of house activities. It wasn't it wasn't that obvious back in those days. I think the house activities are mar- it, far it, more organised these yes. days. Did you do like? Did you have house swimming, house athletics? Yes, we had house athletics and house swimming. Okay, I, and I, which, I, if you had to, which would you choose prefer to be at? Oh uh, well, when I was younger, neither Paul, because I'll, I will confess, I was round as a ball back in those days. I was quite big. Okay, right. Uh, I was, I was, I was, I extremely overweight in form one, two, and three, and mm. uh, so I tried to avoid all those sports except for football. And when I played football, they put me in the back pocket because they reckon I could roll over the rovers right. and get rid of them. <laughs> so would you so, say, and 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 you might not recall this, but was it was it tough? Was it rough being being? Oh, overweight yeah, when you're yeah. a young kid. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, so you got picked there, on. There, a bit. There, 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 there was that. There, mm. there was that feeling that you know that people would be looking on you differently. So I developed uh, a way of protecting myself by using my tongue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, using yeah, my, yeah. Using a, a wit, my sarcasm, and a, a wit, and a bit yes. of sarcasm, and, and quickly put shut down people who were about to make fun of me by, yeah. by making fun of them. Get in first. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was one of those unfortunate things. Mm. I was only five foot, but I was about five foot wide when I started right. Garavelli. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. Mm, okay. Um, how did you travel to school? By bus. I used to walk down to a bus at East because I brought up in East Ringwood near mm-hmm. the station. Uh, we'd walk down to the station. Near the station, there was a bus that used to pick us up and drive all the way straight to the door of Yarra Valley. So it was just the one one transport. Yes. Just yes. Feet, feet and then uh, then the bus. It and was- when you're here at school, back in as a student, are, are there what's around the area? Uh, is it 
orchards? Is it I, I can tell dirt you what roads? was around Is the we... area because I do remember in geography, I think it might have been year form two or form three, we were studying the the subdevel the subdividing of I think Gray Grayson Court or Grayling Court down yep. the bottom of Clinder Road. Okay. It was the first area on Clinder Road that was being developed with houses because Clinder Road was orchards everywhere. Yes. I think there might have been a few older houses up the top here, uh-huh. but apart from that there was nobody living on Clinder Road and Croydon Hills didn't exist. It was yeah. all orchards and uh, and blackberries and bush. Um, yeah. So it was it, it, the place was it was built on a you know a pad- paddock a basically. Paddock. Yeah. That's right. So it was very the forefathers who who decided to build mm. out here were very vision. very great vision to, yes. to, to grab seventy acres mm. of now prime real estate that was mm. incredibly visionary. But no, it was, there was very little here. Yeah. Just a, a very narrow road, Clinder Road. Yeah. Uh, not, not obviously nowhere near as wide as was here, and I, uh, I don't even think Warrenwood existed either. I think. think okay. I think, uh, yeah. Right. So, totally different. Changed. Academy Square wasn't there as a shopping centre. I don't think. I don't think that existed on Plymouth Road. Yeah. Luther was here, but Luther was here about two years earlier than Yarra Valley. But uh, okay. so there was the two schools and pretty much farmyard. That was it. And orchards. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um, what would be in your lunchbox? Did you have a lunchbox or did you pinch somebody else's no, lunch? No, no, I know. My mother always made me lunch. She was good like that. Mm. Uh, what did I have in my lunchbox? Probably a sandwich. Um, probably a p- an apple. Um, mm. Bit of fruit. To, yeah, yeah she, she used to make me roast lamb sandwiches was a favourite, if I recall. Roast lamb and tomato sauce sandwiches. Because back in those days, lamb wasn't – you didn't have a robber bank to buy lamb from the <laughs> yeah. butcher. So <laughs> we, we, you'd sit down every second night to a, to a roast yeah. dinner or okay. a uh, – and it, you weren't – you went quibbling between roast chicken and roast lamb. Roast mm. lamb was always the preferred roast because right. it was so much cheaper back in the seventies and sixties, yes. and uh, so you'd, you'd get the off cuts and it'd go into a sandwich. And uh, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, is there a book that you're reading now? A book of interest? A book that you'd recommend? A book maybe that that you actually might say would be recommended reading for yep. people today? There's two different books that I'm reading at the moment. One called Les Carline, A Life in Words. He's he's a very well known, or he, he's passed on, but he's a very, he was a very well known wordsmith and okay. literary author who wrote stories from Gallipoli all the way through to Anzac uh, Anzac Day and the Caulfield Cup or Melbourne Cup because he loved horses. Right. His son Patrick writes for the Herald Sun. Okay, and yeah. he's he's one of the most brilliant writers I've ever. Mm. His his stories are just they 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 scream at you. They they get up and dance in front of you. He's Beautiful. he's an incredible wordsmith. So he's called A Life in words and the other area I'm really interested in which dates back to my interest in history is um, this military author and uh, probably the most definitive military author who's ever written a, a book on the war is Anthony Beaver mm-hmm. World War two it's like uh, it's like war and peace it's about 1500 words but right. the amount of detail that he goes into and the amount of information inside yeah. information he has on the war is just it, 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 it's gobsmacking yeah. it really is so I'm reading all the details about about the thoughts of the soldiers and the thoughts of the armies and what the strategies were in each between the Germans and the Russians and the mm. Russians and the the Americans and the Japanese etc and he goes through it all it's just Fascinating. You can't put the book down. It's absolutely right. fascinating. But he, he's written a number of books. D-Day is another one, The Battle of Stalingrad. Mm. But World War Two is probably the definitive one. It's the mm. big war and peace one I, yeah. I would recommend if you're into war. Right. Wow. Well, there's there's definitely, and even some of our colleagues now that, uh, that would be all over that for sure. Well, I did notice a lot of the curriculum now with 20th century history talks yep. about the, the uh, World War Two, and mm. we missed out on that when I was at school. And right. Fascinating to, to know that they go through all the, you know, the Nazism and uh, yes. you know, how, how we're trying to teach people to never never go down that path that's again. right that's right let's learn mm. from that let's learn from to that. never go back and it's, there. it's very important that that's part mm. of kids education absolutely absolutely, absolutely. Mm. 
this is going to be tough because you know it could be a student you could be here as a teacher you could be here in your current era but is there a memorable moment is there maybe was there a special guest that came was there that time when you you did a prank and you got away with it and you you know you High five your mates on the way out, or you got <laughs> you, you got caught doing something, and you uh, is there a memorable moment that you dare mm. to tell us? Oh look, yeah, the, you're pushing the boundaries a bit there. I mean, I, I and I'm talking to the the Reverend Paul yes. Joy here as well, <laughs> so I'm really going down a path here where I don't know whether I we'll should. We'll see how we get out of here. We'll uh, see. Yes, well, I mean, the the, the, the Divinity Room was a favourite spot of ours when we had uh, Divinity in Year Eight or Year Seven, Year Eight and Year Nine, and um, it was down where Rosie has her office now. And it's, it was a double room, yeah. And uh, we would go down there, and we would uh, we would set up the incense behind the curtains, and Reverend Graham would come in, and he would smell what's going on here, and we would have burning incense behind the curtains. He would never know it was there. Mm. And a couple of times, we uh, there were the whole room was full of carpet squares, and I probably shouldn't be telling you this, this is very blasphemous, but uh, we would to, to show that we were supporting his subject, we would pull the carpet squares up in the form of a cross, and we'd have the uh-huh. the principal's son, who was the biggest kid in the class, he would lie there uh, in the in the form of Jesus Christ, right. and we'd say, we, we, We're here to support your subject, Reverend Graham. So, so Goodness, <laughs> man, you boys, we were we were shockers. You we were, were shockers. you know, I'm even blushing just even telling that story, <laughs> but <laughs> that was probably one that stood out in. Year seven or probably at year eight or year nine, I think was when we, we were doing pranks like that. After we finish recording, we might continue this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dear. Um, I wonder whether we um, look to current day. Mm. Is there a, a a destination, a travel destination, somewhere you in the world that you'd love to go to? It's on your bucket list, or mm. is there somewhere you have been that's a strong recommendation? I, I did Europe uh, way back in 92. I was on long service leave. I was having, having to be teaching Arabella at the time and took long service leave. And uh, I've, I'll never forget a little town called Verona in mm. northern Italy. It was just magnificent. Yeah, it was a yeah. smaller version of Rome, but Rome, very busy, lots yes. of people everywhere. Verona was a lot easier to get around and had the... Uh, it had the 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 wall, the uh, the historical wall around the town. Half right. of it was gone, and had a half a Colosseum there, and it had mm. Romeo and Juliet's uh, balcony there, and mm-hmm. just just was one of those places that that stood out. Full of just, beauty just and love history. Verona. It was it was small, yeah. but it, everything was there. And I, yeah. I do remember driving down because we hired a hired a car, and uh, I was driving down with this uh, camper van um, down the street, looking down the side street. And there, at the end of the street, it was like it was—it was amazing to see. There was the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and it was actually leaning. And I thought, "You've got to be joking! You've got yeah. to pinch yourself yeah. that you're in Italy." Really? And here. there's the Leaning Tower of Pisa, literally two hundred meters down the uh, road. And we just looked down, and there it was. Just yes. yeah. I, I love Northern Italy. I, I, mm. I really that that would be a go-to place for me. Yeah, back great, then, for great. sure. Do you like cooking? I do most of the cooking at home. Actually, mm-hmm. we had a um, my wife and I had a, a swap of roles mm-hmm. when I uh, when I left my last job, which was a corporate role, and uh, I decided I, I was going to downgrade my 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 career aspirations. Yep, getting close to retirement, and mm-hmm. she's still a teacher, mm-hmm. so she has a more responsible job. She's pulling in a higher income, so mm-hmm. we decided to have a um, a change of roles because back back mm-hmm. back prior to that, uh, up until two thousand and fourteen, I was a business manager at a school. And I'd be leaving right. leaving home at um, yeah, they're long days. Yeah, I'd be leaving home at seven in the morning, getting to work at eight, and coming home at uh, six six thirty at mm. night. So if, if the wife wanted me to cook, they'd mm. be half starved by the time I was mm. in the kitchen getting things going. But no, I, I well, you're I, getting better at it. That's good. Thanks I, I, for the invite. I do, I do all the cooking. Yeah. I'm coming over for dinner next week. 
What's a, what's a go-to? What's something that you would uh, like to, to oh, prepare? Probably, as my daughter says, is it curry, curry Monday, Dad? We're having curry Monday. So I always have a Thai red curry or a green uh-huh. curry chicken. Uh, or a Rogan Josh, or a mm. um, or a butter chicken, or something like that. That that's normally the go-to on a Monday. Okay. Or sometimes on a Sunday night, I bring out the chili beef recipe, which I love. But I, okay. I've got to be careful not to make it too hot because the wife's not too keen yes. on the chili. Let's stick with curry. Take me out of it. Three people from any era. Any guests are coming. Yep. Who's got, who's on the invite list? Who who's going to come and have some of your curry? Dead or alive? Dead or alive. Oh, Muhammad Ali's got to be the first one. Uh huh. Okay. Huge fan. Because of a fan. Okay. Oh, look, it, it, not just that. He was an activist. He was an orator. Yeah. He was he was a spiritual man. He mm. was he was a man of huge integrity. If you ask me, to give up his give up his championship belt because of his stance over Vietnam and yes. uh, the fact that he yeah. believed, you know, why, why should I be going to war? I don't have mm. a I don't have a gripe with the Viet Cong. They never called me mm. a, the N word and stuff like that. So mm. you. And, and at the time, he was he was a sporting hero of anybody from my generation. Mm. I, I, I remember seeing the George Foreman, uh, George Foreman Muhammad Ali fight out here at Yarra Valley in 1974 as a student, and it was live, and we were watching it in a room in I think it was H910 set up, yeah. and the bell went, and the teachers were saying, "Come on, come to class," and we refused. We no said, way, no, we, we're not going. It's it's round ten. <laughs> There's still more to go in this round, or round eight, or whatever it was. It's getting really good. Yeah, no, we, right. we're not going. So, well, we he's, he it. loves curry. He's going to be there for yes, curry. That's good. Would, That's good. He would be the first one. He would. Se- yes. The second one would be. Um, uh, let me see, John Lennon. John Lennon. Oh yes, yes. Huge Beatles fan, mm. and uh, he was always my favourite because he was the standout. He mm. was the thinker. He was the. Uh, he was the leader. Um, again, a peace activist. I was going well. to say activist again. Very yes. much a strong peace activist and uh, mm. literary giant. The way his, his lyrics and some, particularly yeah. in the later Clever, years of his yeah. uh, of his music writing, but he, he uh-huh. was an absolute giant. And probably the third one would be um, being an economics teacher. I, 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 Paul Keating's a big hero of mine. Okay. Brilliant economist, well before mm. his time. Mm. Brilliant politician, mm. extremely clever in, in politics with the, with the use of the gift of the gab and yes. the tongue, and very quick to come up with a sarcastic comment about his with his rivals and put them in their place. But uh, he 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 he's one of the reasons why Australia is the way we are with the Southeast Asian markets opening up mm. and the deregulation of the economy and uh, the floating of the dollar and the. All of us are enjoying compulsory superannuation, courtesy of Paul Keating. I mean, mm. the list of achievements that he mm. he he had as a treasurer, mm-hmm. probably to a lesser extent as the prime minister, but I think he did his best work when he was treasurer. Right. Yeah. Uh, he would be because he would be great to listen to. Yes. Great talker. Imagine the, the, those three plus yourself in the oh, room. Oh yes, I wouldn't get a word me. in. I wouldn't. No, get a word no, in. That's, you'd be in awe, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolutely, you know, those, I would be. As you said, the or, the, as orators. Yes. You know, the thinking, the... Yeah, yes, the, oh, no, no, impact. that's right. Wonderful. Yes. What yeah. a wonderful collection. Yeah. That's that's terrific. Is there a piece of work that you did, or maybe even as in your role as a, as a as an educator, as a teacher, that you admire, that you remember, that whether it's a piece of work that a student did, gave it to you, you gave them feedback, they had another go, they had another go, just that determination and persistence, or, or maybe was there a... It doesn't sound like it was in art, but a, a piece of work that you did that you're really proud of. Can, can that involve work, a job? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. Probably, probably when I arrived at uh, at uh, the school I was a business manager at, uh, yes. Sacre Coeur, and um, they uh, they had an issue with their junior school at the time, and their numbers were dropping dramatically. And I, to cut a long story short, I I just got the. Uh, it, it, the spreadsheets out and did all this cost volume profit analysis and worked out what what the what the uh, 
what the cost benefit analysis was to do something very outside the left, outside the box as far as private schools are concerned is actually mm. dropping the fees. You, hmm. you, you go to a, a school board and you say, we need to drop the fees in this mm. private school, and they're going to look at you and say, out the door, we of don't course. need you. Yeah, so you but I convinced them about. with a lot of economics and a lot of statistics that uh, we would have a win in two or three years' time by dropping the fees at, uh, at Sacre Coeur in the junior school. And at the time, they think they had 110 on, on, on uh, in the junior school, and the numbers were dropping dramatically. And um, yeah. I think we had a 35% drop in a prep, 28% drop in grade one and two, all the way up, uh, sliding scale up to grade six where we froze the fees. Mm. And two years later, we had uh, 190 students in junior mm. school. And it was the same time, just about the same time when the government announced those um, those uh, handouts as far as the... Because um, that was during the time of that recession. Mm. That, mm. Uh, I can't even remember what they were called, but they had those handouts for gymnasiums and things like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and yes. We, we just... Snuck over the threshold of based on number of students. Based on number of students, we went from getting an allowance of five hundred thousand to getting allowance, I think, of two million dollars. Thanks to my decision to to drop the fees, and of course, I got a lot of kudos from the board for that decision. Sure, sure. But it was it was outside left field, really. It was something that you know you wouldn't normally do, and I've only been in the job about six months at times, so Hmm. I kind of took a bit of a career risk to, to yes. suggest that but it, yep. was, it was I just had a bee in my bonnet I, I realised that the school was competing with a lot of local parish schools yep. who had facilities just as good as the school at the time and I'm yep. thinking you, you, you're pricing yourself out here yes. pricing yourself out of the market so yeah, good that, 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 that took a lot of time to, to mm. generate that information mm. generate those statistics but uh, but rightly very proud of, of oh, that yeah, achievement no, no, it was, it was, think yeah, outside it, the box it set the school up for, mm. for many years to come up yeah and, my yeah, word yeah. my word that's terrific a phrase that you may be familiar with, I'm sure you're familiar with, and it's our school motto, Lavavi Oculus. What what is it what does it mean, literally, and what does it mean? I lift up my eyes, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. And it, it's all about the, the station of where Yarra Valley's looking across to the Dandenong Ranges because yeah. that was part of the site when it was built. Hmm. And now I've noticed the statue out there, which came about 10 years ago, which, yeah. is, which was great. It looks at the sculpture out there, which yep. is... Looking out looking to the out, hills. Looking yes. out over the... It's, it's all about uh, yeah. setting your goals and setting your targets, and it's mm. great. It's, it's, it's been a motto for Yarra Valley, and it's yeah. highly successful. And now we're, now I think it's living the dream as far as the Lavavi Oculus. Lift up my eyes. It's, yes. Uh, yes. It's part of the aspirations of Yarra Valley students. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And what about for you? What's next? As you lift up your eyes to whether it's the next two years or five years or what's what's around the corner? What are Retirement's you? around the corner, Paul. Okay, I'm right. very close to it now. Mm. Um, I think my wife will probably work a few more years than me because she's a little bit younger, but uh, I definitely can see the the light at the end of the uh, horizon. Hence why I'm doing CRT. I just decided that uh, I, I was uh, teaching at Chisholm for, for about mm. four or five years and doing a lot of online teaching, and that burnt me out a bit. Yeah, it was hard. tough it during, was, the, during it was the, uh, yeah. the COVID situation, dealing with a lot of multicultural, mm-hmm. multi cultural students whose English wasn't great. It was a bit yeah. of a challenge, but um, I was doing that for a while and then I decided, look, I'll, I'll ramp up the CRT and I'll just do that because mm. CRT is... Uh, it, it, it gets me back into a school environment, particularly somewhere like Yarra Valley, where I've got yep. a, a strong strong connection with, but yes. at the same time it's... Uh, it's a nice way of seeing my retirement, I think. So probably, uh, I'll probably end up next year. Mm. That'll be it mm. for me. Easing into it, and then Easing. once you do retire, are you? Uh, and we're planning uh, on travelling next okay. week. Yes, yeah, we're planning Terrific. on travelling. I, I, I've talked my wife into taking time off work, but she, she'll probably retire at the end of two thousand and twenty-four. Yeah, she'll take long service leave, being in the government mm. system, and then mm-hmm. we'll go and do a Europe trip because she hasn't been to. Uh, 
she was born in Ireland and yes. came over here when she was three, so uh, she wants to get back to Ireland. Sure. <coughs> and wants sure. to see the rest of Western Europe, which is quite common. Absolutely. I've, I saw it in 1992, but that's a generation away. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be a whole new experience. Everything. I, I do remember going to London in 1992 and the whole Monopoly, Monopoly board was alive. I just loved it. I couldn't get over it. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's so I want good. to get back and, and enjoy that. Of course, uh, enjoy yeah, that. yeah. So that's, that's, that's me and, and a lot of golf. Golf. Okay. <coughs> I, I don't play nearly enough golf. Excuse me. Yeah. So do you have a handicap? Are you uh, playing off? Oh, look, I used to be a member of Eastwood Golf Club, which is mm. a kill site, but that was many years ago. Mm. I don't play enough golf to warrant paying the, the exorbitant fees to be a private member. But, but you um, look forward to renewing that. And uh, We've got a holiday house down at Phillip Island. And I, I take the clubs down there every yeah. time I'm there, and there's a nice little course down there that yeah. I have a hack, hack the ball around. And yeah. I'd, I'd like to spend a bit more time down there. And, Fantastic. Uh, Hit the hit the white ball around, but that that's the aim. A lot of golf and yeah. um, a bit of walking and uh, yeah. and travel. Yeah. So. terrific. You've been really generous with your time. I've only got one more question, and uh, and it's a two part question, and and that is, what is the one question that you really wish I had asked you? Topic that you wanted to talk about, something you wanted, to, <laughs> and then you can answer that question. Oh, you've got me there, I think, Paul. Uh, I think we just about covered everything. I'm mm. just trying to think of anything that was on my mental list that I thought you might ask me. Um, you did the cooking. We did the book. We did the three people for dinner, which is standard questions. Mm. Um, um, no, I, I think I think we've we've pretty much. Yeah, I think we have. I've really we, enjoyed we, it. We've certainly been a thorough thorough examination of my history. <laughs> I'm sorry I've spoken too too much. No, you haven't at all. No, I love it. I, uh, I I appreciate your storytelling and and your your remembering. It's a vivid memory, and yes. uh, and and I love the transition from the ratbag school kid and to. You know, finding yourself on your yes. big trip, and then coming back, and then settling in, and then and then getting a job back here, and really having an influence. And but then also the the notion of your career has then taken you outside of the classroom, but mm-hmm. still in a school mm-hmm. and making an impact there. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we're we're thrilled to have you back. Oh, here. No, look, and, it, uh, it, 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 just just one thing, probably I didn't, I, you didn't, or we didn't cover was the the fact that when I got out of teaching in my mid thirties, it took me about two years to get out of teaching because back in those days. Being a teacher was seen as a very narrow-minded, narrow-focused, scoped-type career aspiration. So you go to a you go to a director of human resources of a, of a company and trying to get a job in their training development department. They say, "What what have you done in the past?" Yes. I'm a teacher. Oh, you've got skills for a classroom, but how can you transfer that into the mm. real world? Goodness. And it took me two years to convince. Um, the director of human resources at Coles Mine to take me on in the training development department. But it was mm. a long process to, to, to win win a person like that over and say, look, I'm worth I'm worth a shot. Yes. But the, one of the major reasons I got the job at Coles Mine is I went back and did a five year course part time while I was teaching here at Yarra Valley. <laughs> I did a Bachelor of Commerce, right. and that got me my professional qualification. Yes. Because it, it's it's a very narrow minded way of thinking. But the education degree wasn't seen back in those days as a professional qualification. Wow. The commerce degree was three rungs up from mm, a Bachelor yes. of Education. So Gosh. I went and did that at Melbourne University, and travelled from here to Melbourne University five nights a week and some uh, three nights a week in some years to, mm. to finish that course wow. while I was teaching here. And that was a real slog. You're a hard worker. Uh, yeah. Well, it, 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 I had to do that. But I mean, I'd be out of class at three thirty-five in the car. 
on the Eastern Freeway and getting mm. speeding tickets galore because I'd had to get to a 415 shoot because back in those days nothing was online. No, of course. And you had no. to attend. You, 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 yeah. If you didn't attend and you didn't know anybody in the course, yeah. you were you, you missed miss out on the, on, on the work and I wasn't going to pass and having that strong fear of failure, I just had yeah. to keep attending Make classes. Make it work. But, uh, Goodness The commerce degree got me the job at Colesmire. I spent 11 years at Colesmire in various jobs mm. Uh, mm. and then went into the business manager job at the school. Back at the so school, yeah. had time out but yeah. I still was in a training and development and... Uh, Yes. And uh, educational environment at Colesmire. Thankfully, nowadays, I think a, a a teacher qualification is is understood to be a bit broader than perhaps what it was back in it's those transferable days. Transferable There's a lot more that there's so uh, many hats you've got to wear as a teacher, and I yes. think that's accepted by by the broader community now. Or yes. hopefully, it is. Any right? Should yes. be. Should yeah. Be. Thankfully, this and I th- I think and, and again, we would say COVID actually having so many families and parents. Yes. Recognizing the, the work that that teachers do, yes, uh, you know, when their own kids were at home, I think that changed mm. a lot of people's perspective for for, for the better. Absolutely, yes, 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 yes. no, it's, it's certainly true. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, my final question then, uh, with all of the different careers and jobs that you've had over the over the, you're speaking to the class of twenty twenty two. They're about to mm. sit their final exams. They've got dreams and aspirations. What's a word of advice that you would uh, offer a, a, a young person today? I, I just think your first career choice is never going to be your last. Mm. I think students, particularly younger ones these days, shouldn't, shouldn't put all their eggs in one basket and think, if I don't get this right, I'm, I'm ruined for the rest of my life. Mm. You can go into a course and you can change. If, as long as you've got that aspiration there and you've got that drive, you can get out of that that career, it's not working for you, and get into another. That's because uh, mm. I've had a lot of career changes, a lot of job changes, and uh, had to reinvent myself. Young students these days, young kids are, are far more resilient than our generation, I believe, and so yes. they can reinvent themselves. But don't don't put so much pressure on yourself to make that right decision straight away because they're only 17 when they're making mm. this decision. Mm. And it's always going to be a very young time for somebody to make a sophisticated decision as. I'm going to go to do this university course, which is going to lead to this profession, and it's that would be my advice. Just yeah. don't don't uh, put all your eggs in one basket. Fantastic advice. I I absolutely back that. Support mm. that a hundred percent. I think that's uh, very sound, and, and you're you're a living example of that. That's right. That's there's right. Many yes. career opportunities, yes. and and there's. Yes. Time for change and yeah, try right. something different. And that's right. But you should be pursuing something you love. That's the, that's the yeah. really important thing. Yeah. Don't look on it from the end point as far as the financial things is concerned. Go for something that you, you're going to be driven by and you're going to be enthusiastic about because yeah. it'll hold you in good stead when, you're, when the hard times hit. It's a great way to finish. Thanks for your time and your storytelling, your wisdom, your perspective <laughs> and your enthusiasm for being part of the Inspired by Yarra podcast. Oh, Thank pleasure, you. Paul. Thank you. I told you, he was a bit of a lad, a bit of a larrikin, a bit of a storyteller. But the rascal turned good. Inspiration, advice, perspective, wisdom, all encapsulated in the words of Simon Hickenbotham. Great teacher, clearly, uh, in his field, in his pursuit. And, you know, back in the day, had students wanting to get into his class and wanting to study what he was sharing. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. A real trip down memory lane. We are growing our library of Inspired by Yarra podcast episodes and we'd love you to tune in. You can find some more. If you look on the website, www. 
yvg.vic.edu.au. If you look in the community section, you'll find uh, a list of all of our podcast episodes there. We'd love you to uh, tune in, maybe share this episode with somebody, somebody maybe back from that era uh, who recognises and recalls some of those uh, stories that Simon has shared with us. And I hope you'll enjoy us again and join in with us next episode when we sit down again with a yog to see how they too have been inspired by Yarra. My name's Paul Joy, and on behalf of everyone here at Yarra, I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you get on out there and you make a positive impact in the world around you.